Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com and the co-founder of Divisio at D-U-V-I-S-I-O, the all-new affiliate network for people in all niches. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you guys today. We have my co-host and the Associate Dean at Directions University, my partner in Divisio, Jack Humphrey, who's calling in today. And we've got a phenomenal guest that we've been looking forward to meeting. He is Lawrence J. Clark. Lawrence is a persuasive language and sales psychology expert. He is a sales and speaking trainer, a motivational speaker and coach, and a poet and singer-songwriter. Lawrence has delivered hundreds of speeches, seminars, and workshops in the past 30 years in a variety of venues, including businesses, civic groups, churches, libraries, public schools, universities, conventions, trade shows, community events, senior citizen centers, and cruise ships. He's also spent over 25 years teaching a variety of professional writing, public speaking, creative writing, and literature courses at the university level. He supports his local community through his gifts and talents to help young people discover the value of reading and writing with his one-man show and school assembly program, The Singing Poet Guy. I can't wait to hear more about that. Hungry folks know him as the Mountain Man Gourmet. Well, Lawrence, welcome to Traffic Masters. Are you there, Lawrence? Well, Jack, I know you're here, and it looks like Lawrence is here, but for some reason I can't hear him. Can I hear you? I don't know. Can you? I can hear you. Lawrence, you might want to try a different mic because for some reason we can't hear you. And I just gave Lawrence a fantastic introduction, Jack. Awesome. Sorry, I couldn't get in as quickly as I normally do. Well, Happy New Year to you while we're waiting for Lawrence to get back. Happy New Year. I cannot believe it. I've been listening to my nine-year-old talk about Christmas for two months. And when do we get to open presents? And I wish we could open presents. And I wish it was Christmas. And I wish it would snow. And, I mean, it just seemed like it would never end. And then all of a sudden, here we are. It's 2016. <laughs> time went slow it and fast. It came and went so fast. Time. Yeah. That's fine. That's my fault. I uh, do that every winter. I make these cold winter months go by a lot faster for everybody. Sorry about that. I need spring. Oh, don't apologize to me. That's awesome. <laughs> and it's been cold down here in South Florida. Last couple oh, nights, God. it's been in the 40s. I've been shivering. 40s. Wow. That is actually cold for you guys. It's getting dangerous <laughs> it really to close is. to my orange juice. 
I mean, my my blood thinned out in a very short period of time, less than six months. And now, five, almost six years into living in southwest Florida, 40 is darn right cold. I'm pulling out my fur coat when it gets around 42, 43. Oh, when it gets 40 up here, it's time to go walk outside at the park, do a few miles in a T-shirt. <laughs> You're crazy. Let's see. Did we get Lawrence back yet? And is this Jan Riley that's just joining us? It is. Well, Jan, I think we've got an issue with Lawrence's phone for some reason. We haven't been able to hear him yet. Well, come on back, Lawrence. Because I want to talk about some of his amazing... Well, you know, I don't know if you're into it, but this guy has got some amazing recipes. He started doing Mountain Man recipes, gourmet, Mountain Man gourmet. Mm, sounds good and already. It Really, you've got to check him out because not only does he have great recipes and sometimes he'll do videos and stuff and then he does pictures, so then you have to go want to cook it. Yeah. So. Now, when I first met him, the thing that really, really struck me about him is he, he's a really warm and genuine person. And, you know, he just has this really infectious smile and energy. And it was only after I got to know him that I understood uh, how much training and, and uh, you know, experience he had in speaking, psychology, the psychology of speaking and persuasion, and um, he has done all kinds of things around those issues. Everything from being a poet and performer to uh, helping people speak better, train train people to uh, communicate better in all kinds of situations. So he is really uh, one of the most diverse people I've ever met. Uh, I think he's transcended the the entire thing. He doesn't even need to be in the room, and his speaking speaks for him. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's the I think that's the ultimate achievement, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> and you know, one of the things that you know really struck me about Lawrence is, and and I've met him several times at NAMS is, you know, he's just such a likable and warm person. Um, and, you know, no hype, just really he's always interested as well as, you know, he's interested in what you're doing, not just what he's doing. Um, and that's kind of a rare commodity these days. Uh, yeah. He – I did not know for a long time that that's what he did was, you know, the psychology of, of – speaking and um, selling and all that. I also know... And I'm going to go try book. calling him and see if I can't reach him. Lawrence, are you back with us yet? No, let me see if I've got a phone number for him that is workable. Here. I'll be right back, guys. Okay. So, Jack, how so you were saying. Fit? How's how's what? 
how's your how's your week been? Hello, I'm hello. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Hey. Woo-hoo. Yes. We can. Okay. Yes, I've been on the line for several minutes. Um. <laughs> well, we were just talking you up. Yeah, okay, great too. This is Jack. <laughs> yes. For some reason, I think I Gina already did the uh, the introduction. You probably already heard it. Uh, so we could just start with uh, what got you out of bed this morning? What gets you out of bed every day? What's your big hot button thing that you love to do right now? <laughs> so what gets me out of bed in the morning? Well, I'd say my two cats jumping on me saying, we want to play, we want to play. <laughs> that happens to me yes. too. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but other than that, uh, I just... I just love, I love, I love human nature. I love people, and I love to help people. And that's one of the reasons why I got into this whole um, realm of influence and persuasion, because uh, I love to help people to, to understand things that they need to make their lives better, I love to help people to buy stuff that's going to make their lives better, especially if they're buying it from me. Um, and I just, I just love the whole process of of getting to know people, understanding them, helping and helping to meet their needs in whatever way that I can. And even if I can't, I usually know someone else who who can. And so I love connecting people also. So I guess those are those are some of the things that get me on, out of the bed and and get me rolling. Yeah. Awesome. So what do you spend most of your time doing? You have such an incredible wide breadth of a background. Uh, <laughs> I, I suppose this is what you do the most. But we we even heard about mountain man cooking and stuff. So like, what's that all about? Well, that's a that's a new thing that I've actually. It's not a, a brand new thing because when I was younger, I worked in, uh, I think I counted them one time, 14 different restaurants um, all the way through high school and college and then even after that for a little bit. And uh, I, I traveled all over the country. I was kind of a nomad. Um, I was a, also working as a singer-songwriter at that time, playing a lot of music. And so I just... Uh, gained this love and appreciation for food, and uh, I actually worked my way up through the system. And I was, uh, you know, uh, had several different positions, supervisory positions in in kitchens, and then also in the dining room. I was a maitre d in a hotel in, at a resort in Florida. Uh, but mostly, I loved to work in the kitchen because I got to play with food. <laughs> And and that was really great. So what happened was uh, over the years, uh, I've traveled a lot since then, of course, uh, doing public speaking. And I do a lot of speaking on cruise ships, which is a lot of fun. And uh, when I go on cruise ships, I love to go try the, the cuisine of the different countries that I'm visiting. And, and uh, if you've ever been on a cruise ship, they always have a really nice restaurant or two that's kind of a few levels above the normal buffet. So I always make sure I, yeah. I uh, try some of that too, right? So anyway, I've been... Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so so just over the years, I've been 
sharing my recipes with friends and I make my own spice mixes and that kind of stuff and give them away as gifts and people have just encouraged me to to uh you know do it uh professionally as well you know so so over the past uh year or so I've developed a YouTube channel and a you know using all my internet marketing skills now I'm starting to spread the word about Mountain Man Gourmet Cooking. And uh, where the name comes from, by the way, is I have a cabin up in the mountains in New Mexico. And uh, Uh which mountain? uh, The Monsano Mountains, which is kind of east of Albuquerque. Yeah. Um, I lived there. I lived in those mountains. Did you? I had a cabin. Yeah. Well, how about that? So I know exactly the beautiful kind of place that you're talking about. Yeah, so if you know where the Cedar Crest is and Teharis and yep. that's the area. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So it's yeah, it's a beautiful place. So so what I've started doing recently is is uh doing some online cooking videos and uh so I have a like I said, a YouTube channel and I have a website and a Twitter page and Pinterest and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm just using my internet marketing skills now to market a um membership site where people can join and um, learn cooking tips and strategies. And then also next month, I'm starting a Spice of the Month Club. <laughs> and people will get to get one of my spice blends and then some special recipes that they can use for that spice. And so that's just a lot of fun. It's it's kind of a side thing that I'm doing. It's not my main business, of course, but but it's just something fun. So thanks for asking about that. Well, if you were... If you were really in the persuasion business, you'd no doubt found out that it's a hell of a lot easier to persuade people when you can incorporate more than one sense. And the smell of good food (laughs) is a persuasion (laughs) tactic of all its own, right? I mean, if only we could impregnate our sales letters and our messages and our videos with uh, smell-o-vision and and make it smell like a really beautifully cooked pot roast or something like that, I'm sure that would have something to do with an increase in sales, right? Well, Brian Basilico, you know, having uh, the bacon cooking before he talked, that was just cruel. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, he fried bacon before his, yeah, I remember that, and it made me very angry. I was like, where is it? And he only did it for the smell. He didn't do it for the sharing. I was so angry. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I, I remember watch hearing, presentation. Yeah, yeah, several years ago I heard about a Japanese company that had invented uh some it was kind of like scratch and sniff for the computer. And it was a little it was a little <laughs> device that you could attach to the side of your monitor and it had ke- certain chemicals in it and if you clicked on certain things then you y- would actually a little spray of a mixture of chemicals, um, and and you could actually smell it. Now I I don't I've never heard of that since. I think it was pretty much experimental. I don't think it's caught on. But but if it did, you're <laughs> right. That would be a great uh, persuasive strategy. Yeah. I don't know that people would be uh, expected to supply themselves with the chemicals that we marketers need to influence them. You know, like there's got to be a cartridge you have to go buy after a while with all the smelly chemicals in it. And it's like, wait a minute, that makes me buy more stuff. I mean, even the mouse in the maze figures out the jig is up at some point, right? 
Oh, yeah. Well, you've heard of, you know, real estate agents who will say, you know, bake some cookies before the people come over to look at the house, you know. And, yeah, I uh, forgot about that. Yeah. That's yeah, an age-old yeah. tried, tested, and true tactic. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you're working with um, – what do you – do you consult? Are you a consultant for people who are looking for better uh, marketing conversions? Do you work with funnels? Do you, what's your specialty in all of this? Okay, so so my specialty is is kind of three pronged, I guess. Um, one, uh, just general influence and persuasion strategies, is is something that uh, I've been doing for many many years, and that can be used, you know, of course, in marketing. It can be used in education. It can be used in uh, parenting. <laughs> can be used in politics. Mm-hmm can be used in all kinds of different things. So that's one that's one of my areas. Another kind of subset of that that I've really gotten into and I actually have a book coming out next month um is uh persuading through webinars, through webinar technology and uh how to write uh I help consult people on on how to um and I coach people on how to write their webinar scripts so that they are more persuasive mm-hmm. and uh, how to structure them and how to use certain languaging and NLP strategies and sales psychology strategies and all that. Um, and then the other area that I um, work in is, uh, uh, I'm sure you've heard of the guerrilla marketing books, uh, Jay Conrad mm-hmm. Levinson. Um, he has, we were just uh, at his conference not too long ago. Okay, great. Yes, okay. So that... Um, that uh, um, uh, field, I, I'm actually one of his uh, guerrilla marketing master trainers. And in the Albuquerque area, I'm starting a new um, uh, chapter of the Guerrilla Marketing Association. So I do a lot of consulting with with small businesses and with nonprofit organizations and um, and some large corporations. Uh, in helping them to use the guerrilla marketing strategies, which are, you know, free and low cost and unconventional strategies that get amazing results. <laughs> so, so those are the three main areas that I I work in, uh, doing coaching and consulting in those areas. In addition to my own businesses, of course. Well, thank you for that. And now that sets me up perfectly for would you be willing to share a story about someone that you worked with, maybe on um, a webinar script or anything that you really want, where your where, where the guerrilla uh, tactics, where your persuasion tactics that you've gleaned over the years have come into play and, and came out with an extraordinary result, maybe something that listeners can take away and implement somehow into their uh, marketing today. Yes, that's uh, that's a really good idea. So, for example, um, there's a, a small company in uh, New Mexico who creates. Um, it's it's kind of cool, actually. It's they create coffee, but uh, they they sell coffee, but they don't sell coffee. So here's what they do: they have created <laughs> a blend. Um, it's it's an extract. And so so what you do is instead of 
buying the coffee um, in ground or in beans or whatever. You can buy the coffee in these small little bottles, and they have. It's, I don't know the process. Of course, it's their secret proprietary <laughs> information, um, and and so even if I did tell you, I'd have to reach over the internet and kill you after I told you. Right. <laughs> but the process is something where they extract uh, coffee. So it's almost like, you know, like perfume, right? When when they, hmm. they get a bunch of flowers and, and herbs and all that, and then they, they condense it somehow through some kind of distillation process, or I don't know how the heck they do it. I'm not a scientist. But they do it somehow in a laboratory, and then they get the essence of that flower, right? So like if you've ever... Uh, smelled lavender perfume, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's good perfume. It's not just a chemical that smells like lavender. It's actually lavender extracts in there. So what this company has done is they have created these little um, bottles, and the bottles, you just put a few drops of this coffee essence into a cup, mix it with hot water, and it, you get this beautiful, smooth cup of coffee, um, but they've also uh, they've eliminated somehow in the process they've taken out a lot of the extra uh, stuff that is not good for you, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So you get the flavor of the coffee. You still get some caffeine, and they have a caffeine uh, version and a, a caffeinated version and a non-caffeinated version, right? Okay, so so you asked about how these guerrilla marketing strategies would work, right? So here's mm-hmm. what we did: is we had a big um, uh, we had a big uh, workshop at the Chamber of Commerce in Greater Albuquerque Chamber of Commerce, and uh, what we did was we had the uh, instead of just serving regular coffee and water in the back of the room what we did was we invited the owner of this company to come in and uh, set up in the back of the room. And so everybody who got a cup of coffee during that time got to have this special coffee. Now, did it cost him any money to attend the meeting? Well, no, because we let him in for free. Okay, it was a, a pretty low-cost seminar anyway. But that's not the point. The point is, is all he had to do was show up, and he had two assistants with him, and they all had uh, special um, aprons on that advertised the name of their product. Everybody who was sitting there got a little brochure that described their coffee, and everybody who went to the back of the room to get a cup of coffee got to try that coffee. And then he also had other um, items, um, uh, little packets, uh, little sample packets that people could take and then go home and share with their friends. Now, this is a really small, you know, this is not a big, giant Internet marketing-type move, right? This is local business. Mm -hmm. He's trying to establish himself in that local area. And... But the idea is that by being present and by giving out just a few samples that didn't really cost him that much money, 
and by giving people samples that they could take home and share with their friends, and by giving brochures that explained the process, he was able to uh, multiply the number of people he touched. So it wasn't just the people who were there at the seminar. It was all the people that are going to then get the samples afterwards, right? Right. So that that's just an you know a small example, but that's a, a local a local business kind of um, kind of example that I think uh, folks that are listening that are especially I know a lot of people in internet marketing people get stuck in this idea that I have to do everything online, right? Right. Um, and and that's not true. You know, people forget. You know that that you have all kinds of other people that you contact. Now, let me t- give you another example, something that I'm doing with my own, uh, since we mentioned the Mountain Man Gourmet um, uh, business that, you know, side business that I've got going on now. Uh, one of the things that I do is everywhere I go, I carry little tiny packets of, um, I have a couple of different uh, spices. One is, uh, well, I have several, but one is called... Uh, Frozen Pizza Rescue Spice. <laughs> so if you've ever had... I want some you know, of that right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Seriously, I am like that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So tell yeah. us. And, okay, so so here's the uh, here's the deal with the Frozen Pizza Rescue Spice. Is, um, it, it is a... Um, uh, and I have to give a shout out here to to a friend of mine. His name is Shane Chafin, uh, and he is a really excellent copywriter. And he helped me to come up with the name of that because I've had the blend for a long time. And then he helped me to name it. So he said, "What you're really doing is you're rescuing, <laughs> you're rescuing that frozen pizza because it's been processed and it's been frozen and it's bad and it it doesn't." feel good about itself, right? So you're helping the, the pizza have better self-esteem, right? Yeah, for real. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so what it what it is is it's, you know, it's it's a blend and I can't tell you all all my secret ingredients, but it has um, you know, some Italian kind of flavors and but it has some other spices in it that that really wake up your mouth. Let's just say that. And so what I do is, um, so that's what it is, and you can use it on frozen pizza, you can use it on homemade pizza, you can use it on your, like, leftover pizza from that you got uh, from the fast food uh, chains. You know, I won't name any of them, but we all know the delivery pizza chains. And, you know, we eat it because it's, it's cheap and it's fast and they deliver in 30 minutes or less, right? But then we yeah. get it and... We're sitting there eating it, going, "Oh, why am I eating this? It's, it's bland and it doesn't, you know, has no flavor." All I can think about is is Uno's in Chicago or or Gino's <laughs> Pizza when I'm eating those. It's like I wish we had, and we'll have discussions about it. We'll, we'll be eating the crappy pizza, talking about the good pizza that we should have ordered last week. It would have been here by now on dry ice, and uh, dag on it. We do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I have this, and and it kind of it's kind of a conversation starter, also, you know, when I talk about it. But what I do is I br- I just carry little tiny plastic baggies 
with with my label on it, and it has my website name, and it has uh, you know my logo and all that. But then I also personally talk to people. So if, when I go to the bank and I'm standing in line and and I talk to the teller, I always leave him or her a little baggie of it. Um, and when I'm uh, at the dentist's office, I give one to the receptionist. I give one to the dentist. I give one to the lady that cleans my teeth. When I'm at the airport, I give one to the the flight attendant. Uh, I give one to the person sitting next to me. Right. So, so this must be this now, must be really hard to do via email. It you can do it by email, and that's my whole entire point <laughs> here. Right. Okay? Right. Yes, is that, right. you know, we think we have to do everything by email. We think we have to do everything with Facebook ads. We we think we have, and yes, there's a place for that, of course, you know. I mean, you know, and you can reach thousands and thousands more people at a time. But uh, people are just, the everything is virtual and, and ephemeral and it disappears and people lose their, you know, yeah, maybe they were on your website once, six months ago, but then they've never been back, right? And mm-hmm. so when they meet you in person, when they see how charming and wonderful you are, <laughs> right? Well, we know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, and, but then when you give them a little gift, okay, this is a psychological principle of called reciprocity, Right. And this is a psych. There's there's a reason. I'm not doing this just just for fun, right? But when you give someone a gift, they then feel obligated to do something in return. Right now, you know, does every person that I give a free sample packet to then go tell all their friends about it, or go share it with someone, or you know, go to my website and you know, share it with all of their Facebook friends. No, but do some of them do it? Yeah, yeah. And they they actually feel an obligation to do something. So either they're going to go online and they're going to order some more if they like it, or they're going to buy it as a gift for a friend, or they're I've got a cookbook coming out next month with, that is going to be have all, a lot of my recipes in it. They might order my cookbook, whatever it is. But they'll remember, oh, yeah, yeah, I met a really nice guy in the airport or when I was standing in line at the grocery store or whatever. And so that that's a psychological principle of, of this reciprocity that is in play right there. And it works really well, especially in uh, person. So. Well, there's such a huge open space, and there always there has been since the internet really took off, and people really started to do business on it, and uh, so for a long time. And the allure of just sending an email and striking it rich, making a bunch of sales, and all that stuff is so incredibly powerful that people continue to this day to neglect the, the giant vacuum that we left in the real world, which is that kind of thing that you're talking about: meeting people, giving them a gift. That doesn't just it just doesn't happen anymore like it used to. Or, right. you know, I mean, it, when Jay came uh, around to the idea that the web wasn't completely evil, he, he did have a problem, <laughs> I heard, with it in the beginning because right. of all, all of his stuff was developed offline. Everything that he did was stuff that he had done offline. His successes when he came 
uh, or when we, you know, dragged him kicking and screaming online, uh, he was he was coming from that world, the flesh world, the real world, and you know I always marvel at how people will get on like uh, internet marketing super friends or another. Pretty much that's the only group on Facebook where the the majority of the information type marketers hang out and complain about competition or uh, ask questions that that make it seem like you know they're they're dealing with a really serious competition or noise problem because. Everybody is in their space. There's a lot of people in their space, and they're all competing for the same. And everybody's desensitized to the the methods, so they're so so they're looking for new ones, and they're constantly always looking for new ones to catch people's eyes digitally, and uh, their hearts and minds and wallets. And it's just kind of strange how we tend to, as a community, a community, a gigantic community with lots and lots of different industries involved, but. We tend mm-hmm. to, you know, forget that the real world ever existed, and that there's people like you out there, you know, shaking people's actual hands, and <laughs> you know, and and your thumbs up or your like button is giving away some spice, and you know, doing. It's just strange to me that it's 2016 now, and that we even still have to have these conversations. That people identify between online and offline. There's no difference. I mean, online is just a telephone, and we didn't. We didn't really have a great big giant industry built around telephone marketing. But, <laughs> you know, this is a really involved telephone. It's got video. It's got, you know, lots of other things that phones don't. It's not just caller ID and call waiting. But still, it really is just a communication device at its, at its uh, barest roots. And, and but people treat it like it's so much more than that and that there's any difference at all between online and offline. I mean, when we all got phones, we were able to communicate. We could have salespeople work on phones in the mm-hmm. offline world with whatever that even means anymore. Because I really believe there's just no, there is no offline and online world. It's all the same thing. But I think people really have a hard time because they distinguish between the two and and they treat it like it's two different worlds. Well, I'm an online marketer. What does that even mean? Like that's almost redundant. It's almost close to being a, a, a redundancy. <laughs> like, well, I think wait, that people are terrified. Sense. You know, they're scared. They're scared to talk to real people. You know, um, there's a, a a certain amount of sort of hiding behind the computer that mm-hmm. somehow you're not actually dealing with people, and yet at the same time, um, all of us buy something from people every single day. Yeah. Success is a people business. Yeah. Success requires that you – but the Internet gives the illusion that you don't have to have that crucial component, that you cannot absolutely do without. You have to have that component. Uh, You know, even if the only relationships that you have are with uh, distributors and joint venture partners and people like that to help, and then they do the, uh, you know, talking to the unwashed masses stuff and everything else, you still have to have – people skills. The internet gave everybody the idea that, oh wow, I've been waiting for this forever because I always wanted to make a bunch of money and have a business, but I always hated talking to people. <laughs> and then, But the internet never gave anybody the ability to just not talk to people. That's what was sold and so many, you know, million, hundreds of millions of dollars of information products have been sold uh, kind of playing on that without coming right out and saying it. Even you, inverted uh, person that you are, um, can make a killing on the internet 
without having to have any of those icky relationships or talking <laughs> to people or you know letting even anybody know who you're who you are because people will buy from you anonymously because they just trust you because why because right. I want you to buy my ebook that's why shut up and stop asking <laughs> questions just buy it <laughs> that's hilarious yes and unfortunately though that's true and and that you're right there's so many and even now there's still so many information products sold like that you know if you if you just um you know word your adwords or your facebook ad you know correctly uh i'll teach you how to you know send facebook ads to people that you don't even know and they're just going to buy from you magically right or right. if you um create these these video sales letters with the you know, we've all seen those, the, the ones with no picture, you know, there's no person space there. It's just words going across, right? And then and yep. then the voice reading the words. And, you know, th- sometimes those work. You know, they, they do work for a certain, uh, for certain people and for certain niche markets. But the idea that just anybody can get on there and be this anonymous voice behind... <laughs> behind the slides or no voice at all in just a just a Facebook ad or something then people spend thousands and thousands of dollars on Facebook and lose their shirt because somebody's yeah. behind their stuff you know which which is actually you 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 hit on something else that was really important is relationships right and in when I when I teach influence and persuasion strategies one of the things that I teach people is that you must, you absolutely must develop a relationship. We call it rapport in sales. Uh, But the idea is at least some minimal kind of relationship where you're having something in common with the person, uh, you're you're asking them questions, uh, we call them probing questions, to to get to know them, but also to get the, to know what their needs and wants and desires are so that you can fulfill them, if, if possible, with your product or service, right? But you can't do that unless you have that conversation. And uh, so that's I'm really glad that you touched on that. And <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. I, I just want to tell you a little story about um, about some of my experience in, in the past. One of, one of my... Uh, many um, career previous careers was working as a um, water filtration home cleaning unit uh, associate. Uh, another word for that would be a vacuum cleaner salesman. Um, <laughs> so, so I worked for a All company. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we weren't allowed to call them uh, vacuum cleaners. It was uh, Rexair Corporation. If you ever heard of the Rainbow Machines. Uh, they had a water filter in them instead of a bag, and they were really cool. They were really cool. They looked like R two D two. Now that Star Wars is coming back into vogue, um, you know we have uh, a lot of people are getting more familiar again with the, all the characters. But it was a little unit, and it looked it looked like R two D two. It had a little silver dome on the top and stuff. But anyway, the point is, is in order to sell those. I had to um, do a lot of cold calling. Okay, so you were talking about the telephone earlier, right? Reach out and touch someone. Um, but when we called people on the phone, we didn't say, "Hey, 
we've got a really cool new vacuum cleaner. Can we come show it to you so you can buy it? (laughs) Uh, Because most people would just hang up on us, right? Um, So what we did was we said that we we were doing a survey, and we did a survey about their uh, clean air, the quality of air in their home. And so we had a set of questions, about 10 questions, and by the time we got to the the questions, of course, were very carefully designed questions. Um, but by the time we got to the end of the questioning, and sometimes we did this over the phone, and sometimes we actually went around door to door knocking on people's doors doing this clean air survey thing. Uh, but the survey was designed so that by the end of it, they realized they had a problem. And the problem was the air in their home was dirty. And the reason why they had dirty air in their home was because of their vacuum cleaner was spitting out all kinds of fumes and dust in, in the back. And so right, the nasty had, stuff is actually coming out of the uh, vacuum cleaner, not going exactly. into it. Exactly. Yeah. You think you, you think you're cleaning the flo- you know you think you're cleaning your home. But really, you're running your air through this bag that's full of dust mites and flea eggs and uh, you know all kinds of nasty things. Um, and then there's some of those are spitting out the other side, right? And when we came when we came in to do the demonstration, we actually had this really powerful. It was like a shop light, uh, really bright bulb. And we would shine it on the back of their vacuum cleaner and show them all the dust that was coming out the back. <laughs> Um, but anyway, the point is, is we had to develop a relationship with the people before they would buy something, right? And so it started out with the questioning. It started out with the survey, either over the phone or in person. And then I had about, it was a 45-minute to an hour demonstration. And during that demonstration, we used all of the, you know, sales strategies that you can think of, um, you know, as from uh, everything from comparing price comparisons, building up the value. Uh, I think our our unit replaced twenty five hundred dollars worth of home appliances, and it only cost five hundred bucks or something. And you know, there are a lot of sales techniques and strategies were were used in there. But the main thing that made me really good at at that, and I was the top salesperson for several months in a row in a three state area, selling these things. But the main thing that made me more successful than than most of the others was that I wasn't in there just trying to make the sale. I was in there developing a relationship with those people. And I would talk to them. I would talk to their kids. I would get to know them a little bit. And by the time I left, they were we were friends. And I just happened to be helping them to solve a problem in their home, which was the, the poor quality of the air and giving them a better solution that, that than they had before. Okay. So, so I just wanted to tell that little story because it was uh, kind of seemed to fit in with what we were talking about there. So Lawrence, how did you get into the online world? Well, you what, know what was that? That's a really good question. Um, actually, here's here's what happened. Um, just uh, I won't go into all the details of my entire life here, but 
uh, after being in sales and selling, um, you know, vacuum cleaners, selling life insurance, I uh, worked in the rental and car leasing industry for a while. I decided to go back to school and um, and went back to school because I liked to write. And I was already a songwriter, and I wanted to write more things like fiction and poetry and that kind of stuff. I wanted to write the great American novel. Right? So I went back to school at night while I was working as a public relations director uh, for a chamber of commerce in the daytime and writing a bunch of press releases and and a lot of persuasive material to get people to come to seminars, and I was running uh, customer service seminars, that kind of stuff. But I went back to school at night just to be a better writer. And I ended up getting a master's degree in English <laughs> because just I like to write. Yeah, you don't do anything small, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I just, you know, I get a hold of something and then I just go for it. Exactly. So... So then when I was do when I was doing that I got in some of my professors encouraged me to um to go on for a PhD. And I said, "Yeah, I I don't really want to do that. You know, professors don't hardly even make money. Um and I'm not even smart enough to get a PhD anyway. I don't even know why you'd even suggest that." But but they kept encouraging me and so I ended up going for a PhD. But when I got there, the thing that really, you know, when you go for a Ph.D., you end up specializing in a certain area, right? And so I had some of my friends were uh, specializing in things like 17th century non-dramatic literature or, um, you know, the poetry of some obscure Italian poet in in the 1500s or something. And I, I said, you know, if I'm going to go spend all that money and all that time to get a PhD, I'm not going to be a specialist in some obscure Italian poet from the 15th century, right? I want to do something useful and practical. So I started taking these courses, and then with all my business experience that I already had, I kind of naturally gravitated towards this area which is called rhetoric. Now, rhetoric is an area that, you know, it gets a bad rap. The, the word gets a bad rap. And when we say, like, you know, that politician's just filled with a bunch of rhetoric, or they're just using rhetoric, right? Uh, we, we kind of, it has a bad name. But really, rhetoric is simply put, as Aristotle would say, the art of using the available means of persuasion. I'll just say that one more time. Let it sink in. It's the art of using the available means of persuasion. And what that means is you just use whatever methods, whatever strategies that you have on hand that are going to be persuasive in a given situation. So for some people, it might be using emotion. Some people are persuaded more by emotion. You know, you show them a picture of a sad puppy and they're going to donate money to the SBCA. Um, You show them a picture of a starving kid and they're going to donate money to your, you know, homeless uh, shelter, whatever. Uh, But some people aren't persuaded by that. They're persuaded by facts and logic. And they, they want hard numbers. They want statistics. They want a logical reason why you should, um, uh, they should do what you want them to do. And then other people are persuaded by 
by the authority or the credibility of the person who's doing the persuading. Okay, so if your grandma tells you to do something, or that you know, if your grandma says eat chicken soup because it's going to make you feel better, you're going to believe her because right? she's your grandma. <laughs> you know, that's whatever. It doesn't matter what the facts are, right? Um, it's it's uh, and it's actually been proven, by the way, that chicken soup is good for you. Um, <laughs> Uh, they call it uh, Jewish penicillin, I think is the name. Uh, is If you ever heard that, uh, there's some kind of starch in the noodles that collects the vitamins from the broth or something. I don't know. Anyway, so I started studying all this stuff, and then I started writing about it, and I started giving conference presentations. I started writing articles, but mostly in the academic world. So I know your question was, how did I get into the Internet marketing, right? So here's where I, where that happened. Um, so I went to a conference, and you guys might be familiar with this conference. It's called the Author 101 University, uh, Rick Frischman's conference. Are you all familiar with that one? Yep, I've heard of it. Uh, okay. So he runs it usually twice a year and uh, has a lot of um, internet marketing type people go to that conference because they will sell products to up-and-coming authors to help them uh, market their books, right? And, and right. help them publish their books and help them market their books and all that. So I went to that conference. It was about uh, a little over four years ago. And I went with the idea of getting one of my books published. I was just looking for a publisher. I didn't. Knew, I knew nothing about internet marketing, except for I had had a website for several years where I sold a few of my poetry books, and I had some music CDs that I sold. And but I didn't really know what I was doing. I just slapped a website up there and hope people went to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went to this conference to get my book published. And ended up um, winning the grand prize, the do grand door prize for the whole conference for the weekend. And it was a mentorship program. It was a, a five or six thousand dollar mentorship program with a guy named Tom Antion. Uh, wow! And I'm sure you guys are familiar with him. You know, <laughs> so you know he's an internet marketing millionaire and uh, has done really well for himself. So, so I've been working with you know I worked with him for you know really closely for about a year, and then I still uh, am in contact with him. I actually, talked to him yesterday. Um, so we've uh, he's helped me to learn how to do a lot of the internet marketing strategies, and to take the information that I already knew and that I already was using in consulting and all that with the influence and persuasion strategies and then move those into the online uh, realm. And so now a lot of the um, people that I help are also doing online work as well. So. So that's that's how I got into it, and it's been a quite a ride. <laughs> yeah. So how has that changed how you see your business? It seems like it, you know, you went from wanting to just publish something. I mean, is this, did this spur or help you get into speaking gigs in different places? Or, you know, how did that affect? Oh, absolutely, yes. 
so so here's a here's one really huge huge um mind shift that that um that has resulted from from uh from studying with Tom and then w- meeting tons of other people um I could go through a big long list but I won't but uh just you know the who's who of internet marketing world I've come in contact with and am friends with many of those people now but uh what um so the mind shift that happened was this. Before I, I got into all this, I realized my idea was to write a book. And then, do, you know, you, get, you write a book, you find a publisher, the publisher markets your book for you, and then maybe you get to go do some book signings at Barnes & Noble or somewhere, and then you're an author, and then maybe you get to do a couple of radio interviews and then people buy your book, and and then that's it. And at the time, uh, I was also teaching in uh, a university, and so I had a paycheck. I mean, I had a pretty good job, an associate professor in, in a university, and so I, I just wanted to publish my book, you know, and, and that's all I thought about. Well, what I realized, here's the mind shift, is that, and you guys know this, so I'm saying this for your listeners, of course, is that the real money that you make is not by publishing the book. The book is just the start. <laughs> and, 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 and there's, then there's everything else, okay? So you write the book so that it helps you to gain credibility in your, whatever your niche market is. And then in the book, you offer some kind of free bonus or something so that you get people to come to your website and opt into your list. Then once you have people who have read your book, who know you, like you, trust you, uh, see you as an authority figure in that particular area, then they're more likely to do something like come to one of your live seminars or buy uh, an online product uh, uh, that is based on the knowledge that's in the book, people will pay, you know, you know this, uh, people will pay hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars for an online information product, which sometimes is basically just the person who wrote the book talking in more detail about what they wrote or or maybe even just going through PowerPoint slides about the same thing that's in the book but people are lazy and don't want to read the book. <laughs> so, okay. so right, the or maybe they interest. have questions, you know. Yes, yes. And and they also want that interaction with you, right? So if right. you if you create your information product that is that includes some uh some one-on-one coaching or maybe you deliver it by webinars so that they can ask questions uh during the webinar as you're going through the material. Um, you know, it is a better quality form of um, form of information, but it's also that interaction, and that goes back to the relationship thing that we talked about earlier, right? People want to have a relationship with you. They want to ask you questions. They want to feel like they know you. They want to be heard themselves. Uh, there are so many reasons why the information product business is booming right now and has been for a while. Um, but the, that's one of the mind, that's the biggest mind shift I think that, that I went through is that, 
you know, it's not just that I'm an author and I have some knowledge that I want to share and that people are going to learn that from a $20 book, but that there are all these other ways to share information that people need. And some people are visual learners. Some people are auditory learners. Um, and and they need to get that information. They need to hear your voice saying it, right? They need to see those slides. Uh, they need to see the picture as the word is being said. And so it's it's actually, a, as an educator, it's a higher quality way of giving them information. But then also for me, the benefit is I get to interact with the people who have read my book or who want my information, but I also get paid more money. <laughs> and so that's well, and you really get to develop a relationship that's really different. Oh, yeah. You know, and it sounds to me like that's also, or at least for me, that's part of the pleasure of business mm-hmm. is developing relationships not with people that buy my products as well as the people that I work with you know, uh, joint venture partners or uh, alliance people uh, oh, because yeah. it's, you, you want them to do more than just buy a book. Mm-hmm. And you can't really do that if you're not engaging with people and you don't have any way to engage. And I find that to be one of the most boring parts of online work is that you don't get the engagement. Mm-hmm. Yes, know, my so. favorite part, yeah, my favorite part is when people have read my book, then they've then or read my website, read my articles, then they get one of my online information products. Then from there, then they uh, ask me to personally coach them or advise them. I get to meet them in conferences. You know that engagement, like you said, that relationship building, and um, you know some of my favorite uh, people in the world right now are people who come to me and do one-on-one coaching and I they call me once a week or a couple of times a month and they get my personal input and I just love I just love the fact that I'm able to do that I mean it just it just jazzes me and it makes me grateful um you know I thank God every day when I get out of bed that I'm able to do this kind of thing and help other people more than just by sitting down and writing a book so I know we're coming up on the end, and I don't want to leave before you give us a really good mountain man cooking tip. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. All right. So here's here's a great cooking tip. Okay. Um, most of us – okay, this is for carnivores, okay? So if you're a vegetarian, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but this is a good – this is a good tip. If for anybody who loves, for example, chicken wings, you know, we just had, um, you know, New Year's Day and a lot of people were sitting around watching football and uh, eating chicken wings, for example, right? So you got all these chicken wings that you just ate. Well, then what do you have left over? Yeah. That's the question. Yeah, you got this big pile of chicken bones, right? <laughs> okay. And so where do they normally go? They just go right in the trash and they're gone, right? Exactly. Well, okay. But remember, I was talking about, you know, your grandmother's chicken soup earlier, right? Well, how do you yep. think your grandmother made chicken soup? She took all the chicken bones 
from the meal, and it might not have been chicken wings. It might have been a whole chicken or whatever, roasted chicken. But then she took all those bones and stuck them in a big pot with a few leftover pieces of chopped up carrots and some celery and uh, onions, and then boiled it for a couple hours. Well, then that makes a really rich, nutritious, tasty chicken broth. And if you make it with chicken wings, it also has a little bit of zip to it. Oh, yeah. it's not only nutritious, but it's got some flavor. Well, then you take that, you strain it out, you know, you let it cook, just kind of simmer. Don't boil it hard because that ruins it. But just kind of simmer it for a couple hours while you're doing something else. And then let it cool down just a little bit so you don't burn yourself. Pour that into another pot but put it with a strainer so you get rid of all the bones, and now you can throw them away. And then you can take that broth. You can uh, cook some rice. If you want to cook some rice, instead of just cooking it in water, you can use the chicken broth to cook the rice, and it will give it a nice flavor. Or you can chop up other um, vegetables and maybe some leftover uh, chicken or seafood or whatever, put it in there. Uh, You can throw some um, uh, noodles in there or some... I like to use uh, Thai rice noodles. They're kind of cool. And then you just just cook that up and then you sprinkle a little maybe fresh cilantro and lemon juice or something across the top. Or you can do a Mexican version and you could throw some tortilla chips in there and, and some melted cheese on the top and make tortilla soup. You can do all kinds of things. But here you are, you started with a big pile of chicken wing bones that you were about to throw away, but now you have all this nice, nutritious broth that you can use um, that's tasty and health and also free. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there's a little well, mountain. We are way me. over in time, guys, so I hate to interrupt it, but nobody's okay. hearing us at the moment. It's only in the replay. Okay. So one more time, let's remind everybody of how they can find you. Okay. Well, uh, my main website is is thecommunicationleader.com. That's all one word, T-H-E, thecommunicationleader.com. I also have another website. Well, I have several, but uh, there's the webinar leader. Dot com, and that's like webinars, you know, T-H-E, thewebinarleader.com. And also, since we've mentioned it, mountainmangourmet.com, <laughs> if people like want to find out more about food. Yeah. Well, I absolutely excellent. love to cook, so I'm going to go check out Mountain May Gourmet myself, mountainmangourmet.com myself. Yeah, great. All right. Thank you so much for and, being here, Lawrence. This has been awesome, right. guys. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks Great for having me. We'll see all of you same time, same place next week for another episode of Traffic Masters. Bye, everybody, and again, Happy New Year. <laughs> Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters. From traffic to conversion to business success.